Hello, I'm Ricky. And I'm Joe, and this is Season 5, Episode 10 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. Uh, we were gone for a little while, and we're back. Uh, we should be posting this episode on September 26th, 2022. All things willing, and I don't uh, forget to do it. And today, we're going to talk about some of the stuff we've been doing during our break, going to self and meeting some of our buddies, Rob and Logan and all those guys. Uh, talking about our Steam Deck experience and uh, a little bit about retro gaming on the Steam Deck. But first, we're going to talk about this uh, spicy capsicumel that I made. Uh, well, Ricky helped too uh, earlier this year. And it is a um, orange blossom honey traditional mead with uh, that went completely dry and a backswing did a little bit until it just like quit fermenting. Um, and then uh, it has uh, some... Uh, a, a tincture of uh, cayenne uh, and Thai chili um, that that's in it. So it's about a 14% mead, if I remember correctly. So Ricky's sitting over there sipping it, mm-hmm. kind of figuring out what he thinks about it. Well, it's very good. Um, very sweet. You can tell you, you put a lot of sugar back into mm-hmm. it, a lot of honey back into it. The heat level is like there, but it's not it's not too terrible. I mean, like it's spicy, but it's not like the same equivalent of spicy if you like ate one of those peppers. Right. You know? Right. I'm not sure if you've ever had it, but um, it makes its ways around grocery stores nowadays. It's called Mike's Hot Honey. Yeah, yeah, I've had yeah. that before. That is almost exactly what this tastes like. Like yeah. if you if you forget the alcohol flavor and you focus on just the sweetness level and the spice. It tastes like that hot honey you like put some water in and like shook up so it could be like drinkable instead yeah. of just being so, so viscous. I mean it's it's good. Yeah, it um it it kind of has its own thing going on, but this is what I was going for mm-hmm. with a capsicumel. Uh it or capsicumel or however that's pronounced, but a pepper honey essentially. I want to use the same thing to make a pepper beer now. Yeah, yeah, in all honesty, that's what I was kind of thinking. This same flavor profile would go great in like a dark beer. Yep. I'm, I've got a couple different peppers that I want to try this with. Um, and uh, there's a couple different ways I want to like try through this. So this as a base mm-hmm. is now my way to do this. And it wasn't hard. You just basically take some vodka, put your pepper in it when you start making your brew. And then when you get to the conditioning phase, you take the pepper out. And you, if you want the a little bit more spice, you can put include the seeds. Um, take the pepper and the seeds out, put them in a tea bag, drop it down inside your brew. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll say this. I think this kind of speaks to the power of using a tincture for something like flavoring. Yeah. I mean, that glass you had the vodka and the pepper in. There's only like a two ounces or something like that. It's yeah. not a very big glass. And I yep. think we only used like half of it. No, we we poured more of it in after I'd put the pepper in because we didn't mm. feel like it had as much of okay. the spice to it. Remembering. Because I had, I had, um, uh, that, and you, you're right for calling that out because that's an important mm-hmm. part of the recipe. So we used half of the, we used the pepper and the seeds mm-hmm. in a tea bag and then we poured after um, everything had gone through for like a couple of weeks. Uh, we poured some of the um, the uh, 
vodka into yeah, this yeah. when we were pretty sure everything was done mm. and then that kind of raised some of the spicy level oh yeah it. yeah I mean, it raised it perfectly and again yeah. you're talking about a two ounce glass we used maybe an ounce of it and what was it was this a one gallon or two gallon batch? this was a one gallon batch since but, it was a complete experiment yeah but still like one ounce <clears> to one <throat> gallon to get a like a very noticeable heat into it yeah that's pretty great because i mean if you had to put the equivalent amount of Thai chilies in there, you'd get that same spice, but you'd also get all that vegetal flavor with it for having right. those in there. And, you know, there's there's really not much vegetal to this. There's a little tiny bit probably from the pepper that was put in the tea bag. But in terms of this level of heat, to be able to, like, make all this at home, it was pretty good. Yeah. I mean. Well, the 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 there was no vegetal flavor imparted by the pepper. All the vegetal flavor is kind of in the vodka now. Mm -hmm. And so when you have the vodka by itself, and I thought about bringing the vodka up here and like us having a little bit of it because I still have some downstairs. When you bring the vodka like to the party on its own, it is very vegetal. Now, it cuts down the vegetalness if you, uh, you know, add something to Mm -hmm. it. Like if you put it in a cocktail or something, I put it, I I added it to some whiskey at one point to see what it would do. And like, you just need like a drop. (laughs) You don't need much. (laughs) It's very hot because we did try it by itself when we were, we were brewing this. It was, woo, it was hot. (laughs) I mean, but it worked out really well. And I think that's one of the things we've talked about a lot for brewing is, you know, when we add are normally adding in baking spices or cinnamon or something like that, does it make sense to make like a series of tinctures instead yeah. and use that to control the flavor? And in all honesty, I mean, this worked out really well. I think that gives some legs to that idea because it is incredibly measurable. Yeah. You know, you know, once you're, when you're throwing the raw ingredients in, every brew will be slightly different because it's reacting with all the other chemicals in there and everything like that. But you're essentially just making extracts with tinctures. Yeah, yeah. So like it's real easy to just say, okay, let me taste that. Mm, not quite enough cinnamon. One more drop. Let's try that. It lets you do that flavor crafting like in that mm-hmm. secondary phase a lot easier. Yeah, and if you once you know kind of where it sits, you can say, okay, I'm going to scale this up to five gallons. So I'm going to make mm-hmm. a traditional five-gallon mead that uses the same recipe, and I want to add these extra things to it to make it whatever I'm going to make it, you know, like maybe an oaked or hopped, and then I'm going to have a spicy oaked hop. So I can just add, do three tinctures like this and add that to the five gallons and it's going to, you know, exactly impart that kind of flavor. Or you could say, I don't want it quite this spicy and I'm just going to do two or three or, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, two or one, you know, to it and get like control that spiciness pretty perfectly. You can really dial, dial that in. And I'm, I'm surprised at how good this is it is really 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 good oh yeah i mean we're we're tasting it straight but you poured like you did like a two or three ounce pour of this like wine with a little bit of ice in the glass that'd be so good yeah and it's just really cold would just be divine it kind of reminds me of like what you get in certain um sweet cocktails like the flavor profile that you get, it's mm-hmm. just a little bit more spicy than that. Yeah, yeah. It it it's it's a unique kind of thing because a traditional mead by itself doesn't taste like this. Like something about that pepper kind of elevates. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you think about that, right? Like in food and flavor theory and stuff, you know, your salts are enhancing flavors that are already present. Your heats and your peppers are changing the flavors that are there. Yeah. So you know, 
sugar is also one of those things. When you make something sweet, different flavors come out. So you're taking a mead that's still sweet because it's been back sweetened with that heat to it. And you're right for, it's a very simple recipe, but it, if you just had someone come in here and here, taste this pepper mix and here, go taste this plain mead. I don't think they'd guess that mixed together would be this good. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think so either. I, I wouldn't have, um, but this whole journey of doing these capsicumels for the last six years, five years. So I started doing it right after we moved in here. So I guess it'd be five years. Mm-hmm. Um, but this whole journey of doing these has really led to some like interesting things. I want to take, so there's a couple other experiments that I want to do, and I may make a couple more one gallon batch. I've got a few um, dried, so they have like kind of a smoky flavor to them. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. like the enchilada chilies or whatever. Yeah, well, yeah. they're they're Thai chilies. Oh, okay, dried. Thai. And so, so what I want to do is I want to put them in a tincture, mm-hmm. and then take that tincture and make another traditional. And, okay. and then kind of compare between the two. Yeah, that'd be really interesting. Because I'll admit the the science of a tincture mm. I'm not super familiar with, apart from this that alcohol is a solvent. You know, like I just recently made um, some raspberry infused vodka, which was mm-hmm. really nice. But you know, essentially, what you're seeing happen is a lot of the water get replaced with the alcohol, so it's extracting essentially all that juice and color. So you mm-hmm. get all these raspberries that are kind of like pale. Yeah. It don't taste like raspberries anymore because all that stuff has been replaced. So in like a dried chili that doesn't have that much water to actually replace, how does that work? And that's not like a, a critique. That's a real question. Yeah. Like, that'd be interesting <laughs> to see, you know, when it doesn't have that moisture to basically swap places with the ethanol with, you know, is that just as effective? Is it more effective because it's more concentrated? You know, that'd be yeah. fun to find out. So let's talk about self 2022. It's been three months mm-hmm. since we went almost a little bit over. Um, but, uh, we went, uh, we met up with some buddies. We attended some stuff. Uh, we're not going to talk about the whole thing because other people like, uh, at ask Noah and stuff like that, they've mm-hmm. covered the, the conference to death. But if you're in the uh, South and you know, you're not medically fragile or something like that, where you might be harmed if you were exposed to something, uh, you know, like pneumonia or COVID or something like that, you you probably, sh- and you're interested in technology, you probably should go to this because this event, even after two years of not really being able to have people and stuff like that, still mm-hmm. was awesome um, to go to and and kind of like hang out with people and do stuff and mm-hmm. be part of um, things. And I learned a very valuable lesson while I was there about – mixing a lot of different types of alcohol <laughs> which i i rarely ever do but by the time we went to bed on the um the saturday night uh i i was just like oh man i am feeling this so strongly i, I yep. had to i had to get venus to help me walk to, to, to it, the room. it was a lot yeah like i had to stop halfway through um but it, it was a lot of fun yeah and i think I think maybe that's my biggest takeaway because I've only been twice once as like an extension of work. I was taking notes to bring back to the team and stuff like that. And this most recent time we just kind of went and it's just, just us personal vacation thing. Yep. And it was a lot of fun just to be able to say, okay, I don't have to, to necessarily take super strict notes. I don't have to pick my classes based on what I think my team will, will learn the most from. And just to get to go to a bunch of things that were like not necessarily related to the parts of technology I'm super focused on. 
it's like the 3d printing one was a lot of fun yeah. just to learn a little bit about that was great um you know we did go to one that was like on ipv6 great speaker um some really good points it was less of a technology thing and more of like what does worldwide adoption look like yeah and stuff you know it was it was really on par with any other like little weekend vacation i would have taken like mm-hmm. my wife came she loved it just being able to go kind of do whatever yeah so you know it was a good time. Great. We found that great coffee place. I don't remember what it was called. Oh, yeah. The one that was down the road that uh, that Venus and I went and brought coffee back from. Maybe. I think we went to that one, too. It had, like, the two drive throughs yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was good. She uh, She's going back up to Charlotte in a, in a month or so for a concert, and she's like, I'm going back to that coffee place. Yeah. That coffee place was amazing. I don't remember the name of it, but I know where it is, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going back there for sure. They had really great coffee. Yeah. We all admit I had some of the food. Food wasn't as good. Coffee though. Coffee was amazing. Amazing. The the food was like uh, uh, frozen, like stuff they yeah. just reheated. It, yeah, yeah. It kind of felt like that. Yeah. It was cheap though, so I mean, yeah. you can't really complain. It was uh, on the mm-hmm. way home. It was it was great. Yeah, it was a good trip overall. I can't really recommend it enough. If you even have just like a passing interest in technology and you're looking for something to do some weekend. It was a great way to spend a weekend. Yeah, it was. And if you get in the hotel and mm-hmm. stay there at the hotel, it's a, it's a, it's a ton of fun. It um, is, especially because like most people that are in the hotel or other tech people, one that gives you good people to have conversations with, two because they're there for the convention. The rest of the hotel is like open. Yeah. So like when me and my wife decided now oh, we're gonna skip a, a lecture and we're gonna go to the pool, nobody was in that pool. It yep. was great. It was it was pretty awesome. Um, the I I think the the other thing about it is that the events and the things that happen around it uh, and the party that they have, like with the, normally they bring some pizza and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, All that stuff is like you meet people from your area, you make connections and then you can become part of like a larger group of people that are interested in this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, make some friends, make some connections. That's, that's how we made the connections with, um, you know, our, our friends uh, from Alabama. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, we have like, you know, Rob and, and all the Josh and Logan, and mm-hmm. all those guys. They know that um, we play D and D on Thursday nights, and you know, still like stay in contact. And what that's been like four years. Yeah, five like years. That. I mean, yeah, we met some people at a convention that have hung out with them pretty much every week for the last several years. And and then we got to like actually go and like meet them in person mm-hmm. uh, again, uh, you know. And we got to play D and D again in person, like the whole time we like had these big plans. It was awesome. Yep. Yeah. So I'll say I'm not sure I recommend you guys bring your D and D groups because I liked the table we were at and I want it next time. <laughs> but that was a ton of fun to get one of these big circular conference tables. Yeah. Where like seven or eight of us just all drinking playing D and D sitting around drinking the stuff that we've been talking about on the podcast. We saved up some of it, took it with us. It was really, really fun. Mm-hmm. And they brought some stuff. So yeah, I can't, uh, I, I just, that's going to be one of those like best memories ever kind of deal. Looking forward to doing it again. Hope we get to do it like once every year or every couple of years. Kind of oh, yeah. deal. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the steam deck. Uh, everybody else has covered this. There's been tons of information that's out there. There are channels that have that have sprung up that are all about mm-hmm. people talking about the Steam Deck. So we're not trying to cover that ground, but we're just trying to talk about our experiences because within the last like a month and a half, both of us have gotten our Steam Decks. Mm-hmm. 
uh, yours was primary for, primarily for your wife to be able to like do like bed bed and couch gaming, right? Yeah. Um, and mine is mine. <laughs> so mm-hmm. mine is to tinker and play with. Uh, and since it's running, you know, essentially like an arch derivative uh, on it, you know, I, I like the being able to set it up with a Bluetooth keyboard and then go in and add extra functionality and stuff like that to it. So give me your impression of the Steam Deck overall. Yeah, I mean, as far as the games I've played with it, they've all performed really well. It's a great form factor for it, you know, playing a lot of like Vampire Survivors, stuff like that. You know, it's a little bit bigger than a Switch, but it's not cumbersome. Yeah. So, like, screen feels good size. Controls work really well. Big fan of that. I think my one critique of it will be, and it's not my personal critique, it's my observations, that I think it hasn't quite nailed mobile gaming as well as the Switch has. Because uh-huh. I've noticed my wife, when she has a choice between, do I play this on the Switch, do I play this on the Steam Deck, she's still migrating towards the Switch. But in terms of, like, you've got a PC game that normally you would have to, like, carry around a large gaming laptop or sit down in, like, a desktop gaming sort of scenario, you know, it handles those games great and brings that library to, like, mobile gaming. So there's just been, like, a couple games that now it's kind of cooled down. You know, my sunroom is not 90 degrees anymore. Mm-hmm. We just sit outside and we just play games. Yeah. And that's such a comfy feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing you know, for mobile gaming that appeals to me the most. Cause I don't really, you know, travel a lot or do any of those things. So like, I'm going to need to take my games 200 miles away from my house. But the idea that I just be like, Hey, you know what? I want to play a game, but I also just want to be in bed or I just want to, you know, walk to the park and play outside for a little bit, you know, to do that with the big, like triple A games that generally play, like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, Bethesda games, these big RPGs, stuff like that. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I think so. Your wife, like half my size, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a problem with the switch that after a little while my hands start cramping up because it's so much smaller. Yeah, I could see that. Same thing with the PS Vita. I can only play on those that it either has to be like a simple game where I'm not trying to like, you know, use all of the functionality mm-hmm. of the PS Vita. Mm-hmm. People can't see it, but I'm like making the, the like claw hand that I do yeah. around. But with the Steam Deck, um, it's a more natural grip. Like I'm, I, I hold it like this. And because my hands are so big, it just fits comfortably. Um, so I think that that is a valid criticism of anything. And most people who are smaller than me are also the same people who write the um, reviews for these things. Um, but I, I think that I have chosen to not play games on the Switch that I have, because I have Hades on both, mm-hmm. and I have um, Spirit Fair on both. And uh, I have um, another one that uh, I like to play, in it, and it's just escaping my mind at the moment. But I have those games on both. I prefer to play them on the Steam Deck. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. because it's it feels just so much better. more comfortable to play. Yeah, yeah. To com- and, and the comfort level of it is better. But I think it's because I'm a big guy. You know, mm-hmm. broad shoulders. My arms naturally want to be further apart. My hands are bigger, and that makes it easier for me to you know, manage something like that. So if I had to choose between taking the steam deck and taking my switch, I'd take my steam deck where someone else might say, well, I'm going to take the Vita or the switch. I mean, I took my Vita to 
uh, self because my Switch, I had all the games that I wanted to play were on the Vita. You know, I could pop it out like in the middle of something because I was just playing like a couple of PlayStation games. Um, so between the MiU Mini and the Vita, I was set, you know, for whatever I wanted to play. Um, well, I, I guess I had the Retroid Pocket 2 also there just but i brought that just to kind of like hey everybody look at this and tell mm-hmm. me what you think about it right um <clears throat> which i i like that one too but all those have the same problem of my hands are so big that i can only play them for an hour maybe and then I'm yeah i mean especially kinda... the retro pocket i mean that's already a small device even for me exactly exactly so i enjoy them they're great they're awesome to carry around like on a plane the steam deck's not so great like that size wouldn't be so great on the plane. Mm-hmm. The switch also suffers from the same problem for someone like me being cramped up, you know, like in a plane like this is, is rough. So, um, you know, that, that just makes it even more, uh, problematic for a larger person to use a small device like that. Uh, so like something like the Mi mini works perfect. Retroid pocket two plus works perfect for that sort of situation, phone gaming, things like that. But once you, get like to anything like couch play or sitting in an armchair or you know like going on that walk and then sitting down at a bench and pulling it out to play or something like that that's this thing just super shines in yep. those moments for for larger people i think uh, and the performance is really great like you said oh yeah it is i mean that <clears throat> battery life can be a little bit low but at the same time as someone who doesn't really like travel like i'd be in a car for eight hours mm-hmm. it's great i mean it lasts about you know, three hours on the games that I play, and I'm not going to sit outside of the park for three hours. No. Like a summer. <laughs> you know, I go to play for like an hour and then, then walk back home, you know? Yeah. So, have you tried any retro gaming on it? Have you set yours up to do any, like, PlayStation or... Not through, like, emulators. I've played some older titles that are on <clears> Steam. Okay. But since my wife is predominantly plays it, I haven't gotten in and mucked around with it too much. Let me tell you about our Lord and Savior retro deck, then. Okay. All right. I mean, I've heard great things. Like, I know it can do it. I'm just waiting to get my wife on board. All right. So everything up to, um, you know, the Switch, it mm. plays competently. So you can emulate pretty much any generation of anything that you want to that um, is up to, like, the Switch hardware level. Now, there's some problems with, like, PlayStation 3 and... Um, other things like that, but Wii U, Switch, SNES, GameCube, man, all that stuff just works pretty well. Mm-hmm. It works well enough that it works as well as I remember it working when I was okay, you know, you go. playing the stuff like on um, like the TV set and stuff like that. And as you can see, you know, like I've even busted out my PlayStation 2 mm-hmm. to compare performance and stuff like that. I actually think that the Steam Deck plays a little bit better than the PS2 did. Yeah. I mean, probably so because um, I mean... Your big thing in emulation is efficiency, right? Right. So, like, even if your emulator is not as efficient as the original hardware, I mean, you got a decade of hardware advancements on it. Yep. You know? Doesn't matter if it's, you know, 20% less efficient if you've got five times the RAM. You know? Things like that. Well, so, there's things like that, and then the emulators are set up, like, in certain ways to be able to take advantage of those things. So, really honing in on that craft... Um, I, I would like for you to like try to set that up and then us come back and like talk about it. Cause I, I mean, I feel like this is where something like the steam deck really shines terabyte. And if you got the five twelve gig, mm-hmm. 
1.5 terabytes of space. Put you like two or three AAA games. Put you a couple couple of emulation games on there um, that are like bigger, you know, like mm-hmm. maybe a couple Switch games or something like that if you're into that. Uh, and, and legally obtained ones, not not promoting like somebody does something illegal, but you know you can don't, take the Switch game that you've bought and plug it into your Switch, and if you've you know got a Switch that you can uh, jailbreak, then you know you can yeah uh, back that ROM up. But being able to take that one device and just play like Mario Kart mm-hmm. uh, or uh, Mario Party or um, Mario Sunshine or something like that um, in a way that really um, exemplifies the the original way that you would play that and you have all the customizability of the buttons and everything like that so that you can, you know, because you've got the back buttons on it, you can have mm-hmm. like your Z button and all that other stuff. It might be in a slightly different form factor, but you actually have the ability to have all of the buttons and the sticks and the other things like that that you would normally have on like a GameCube or uh, a Wii or a Wii or an N64 or something like that. Um, I, I just, I feel like it really does this so much more justice. And then, you know, games that you might have had like a gyro uh, ability on, like um, people are talking about PS Vita. I haven't tried PS Vita um, mm-hmm. emulation on the Switch, but people talking about that. Um, you know, it's, it seems to 100% be a, uh, an improvement over anything else that I've seen. It's just the form factor so large, it doesn't make for the 100% portability, but it is closer to like PC game, PC desktop performance for emulation than what you get for like anything else. And I'm looking forward to seeing what the Steam Deck 2 is going to be like. I might actually buy one, even if it's just a iterational upgrade. Yeah, so have they talked about a Steam Deck yeah, 2 Yeah, they yet? said they're definitely going to make one. Really? Okay, so yeah. they're, it's, they're planning to make one. They haven't already started making yes. one. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And look, and I'll tell you, they really ramped up the production because we got ours, I think, in end of July, August? Uh, it was the end of July, I think. End of July? Yeah, because you've had it for a couple of months at this point. Okay. Yeah, I might have to go back. I thought I hadn't gotten mm-hmm. it yet before our birthday. Because I thought it would... Oh, actually, you know what? No. Yeah, it was very early August. Yeah. Because it was supposed to arrive on my birthday. I was like, oh, look, it's like a gift for you, too, to my wife. But then it didn't get here until, like, the 5th or the 6th. Oh, okay. But um, shortly after we started playing, so it was middle of August, Alice's friend jumped on board and was like, yeah, I want one, too. And she got her shipping email yesterday. Oh, that's awesome! So they like they turned that around in like a month and a half. Yeah, or the there's people who are canceling it because they there's other things that are out there. Nothing quite at that price point though that works at the yeah. same same level. So yeah, I I think for the what I paid seven hundred bucks uh, between the you know the taxes and and mm-hmm. everything, and then a uh, I already had a one terabyte micro SD card. So you're talking about eight hundred dollars. The closest competitor in performance is, you know, right, either right at the same, you know, uh, cost. So you're talking about uh, some of the cheaper, like, um, uh, uh, what, what's the the companies that are out there? But they're generally Android based. They're not mm-hmm. like a Linux based thing. Um, and then you have uh, the 
you know, big expensive ones like the Ambernick that are just not nearly as powerful that win 6,000 or whatever they came out with. The Odin, that's what I was thinking mm-hmm. of. And then you have like the one players and the Ioneos and stuff like that. And even though they've got some stuff that can kind of be around the same price point, once you like actually get something that's got the same amount of storage or roughly yeah. the same amount of performance, it's almost twice as much as the Steam Deck. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> I don't know how much profit margin they're making on the Steam Deck, but they really poured a lot of quality into it. Because, you know, as you said, by by the time you kind of upgrade it, it's about eight hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. It performs way better than an eight hundred dollar gaming laptop, right? And it's more portable. Yep. So, like, you know, you'd have to spend an extra like four or five hundred dollars to get the equivalent performance out of a a more traditional mobile gaming setup on like a gaming laptop or something like that. Yeah. And you know, there's just there's not much reason. I guess you could say the like, oh, if I got a gaming laptop, I can do other things other than gaming, and that's true. You know, install your, you know, productivity applications and stuff like that if you want it for like work and gaming. But like, if you're just in it for the gaming, I mean, that's a hard sell nowadays. Yeah. I'm not sure I'd, I'd be on board with buying a gaming laptop if I had you know the Steam Deck readily available to me. Yeah. Well, I think that does it for this episode, though. Yeah, um, I think so good way to end i wouldn't buy a gaming laptop if i readily had the steam deck available to me <laughs> yeah look it's true look there's my endorsement put it in the reviews <laughs> ricky says buy Stars the steam deck top. um yeah so I- anyways thanks for listening this has been season five episode 10 of the beer and broadband podcast slated to come out on september 26 2022 and we'll catch you next time